Okay, we are live on Facebook. Uh, welcome everyone to Warrior Women in Business episode 24. The last couple of episodes have been very deep, um, covering some very serious subjects related to this stay at home isolation in New York City. We've had some wonderful guests on from the mayor's office from New York City Mental Health and Hygiene. And today's episode, we're taking a big curve, a 360. I'm super excited about today's topic because today's topic is all about uh, having female entrepreneurs take action in their businesses, even during this pandemic. So again, my name is Jasmine Sandler. For those of you who don't know me, um, I've been helping through my business, Warrior Women in Business and JS Media, women, primarily female entrepreneurs and executives build their businesses and get out there as speakers, authors, and really grow their business. Um, my focus and my company's focus is on digital marketing and branding. So I'll be covering that slice today. I have a wonderful panel with me um, that represents everything from operations to business finance to personal finance. Um, so we're gonna get right into it today. I just wanna introduce who my panelists are. And then um, also just as a heads up in Facebook, we're gonna be doing as we always do a 10 minute Q&A at the end, and we're going to be providing some freebies. So with all this being said, um, I guess I'm just going to start by introducing the panelists. So I have Jennifer Dory. Jen, if you want to wave to the camera, she looks beautiful and is amazing. And um, so Jen, actually, Jen and I have been working together for um, a little while now. I, I really trust her with my clients to help them with the things that I, I am just not great at, which is operations. So Jen is an operations and turnaround specialist. Um, she has a corporate background. She also does work for nonprofits. She's wonderful. And she's going to talk all about, uh, you know, the, the importance of having a strong structure to your business and how to build out your business in an effective way. And then I have Molly Haglin. Molly, if you want to wave. So uh, Molly uh, and I just were recently introduced. She's also equally as great. Um, and her background, she's recently an entrepreneur. But um, her, she has a very strong corporate and retail background, and she can come into a business and help uh, with financial optimization. And she's actually been teaching me a lot of buzzwords <laughs> in the world of financial projections. So if you're a female startup, you really actually, with these two, you definitely want to take notes today. Um, and then I have Susan Diamond. Susan, if you could also wave. So Susan and I recently connected because she's so... She just struck me on what she's doing to help women in finance. And it's also, we kind of equally share that passion about help, helping we, women financial advisors get the attention that they need. Um, so Susan has a pretty cool term, financial social worker. Uh, she's a financial planner to struggling female startups. So thank you for coming on, Susan. Um, so I wanna get right into the questions now. We have a lot to talk about, uh, so if you all ladies, want to um, go on unmute. I'm going to go around the panel. I'm going to ask some questions that all of us are going to answer. And then there's some that are strictly finance and ops where I'm going to go and actually take some notes today. So I'm going to start with my first question, which is, you know, um, it's a really tough time. I mean, we can't disguise it, right? Everyone is struggling from the 30 million people that have filed for unemployment, okay? to the business, all these small businesses that are just getting shut down, shut down, shut down, shut down. Whether it's a physical store that you have or you have a service-based business. It's a really tough time for so many reasons because even I have found, even if people have money, they don't wanna spend it because they're in survival mode. 
So my first question is really around for the female business owners that are listening and watching today, right? Um, that are experiencing these tremendous losses to their bottom line. What words of wisdom can, can we give them to get through this time? So I'm just gonna start because I'm the marketing person here and I'm gonna start. And I actually think this is a good time for anyone that's a female startup or a struggling business owner to get their marketing in gear and at least get it together. So, you know, my expertise, I mean, if you call it that, like people call me expert, but you know, I don't go that way. So what I've been doing for a long time, let's just put it that way, is really helping to guide business owners in the right direction related to their brand. So my advice would be to take a look at your brand today, okay? Is the, the everything from the coloration, the messaging, um, what channels you're hitting, what do you have out there right now that is your brand and what is working and what is not working? Because this is actually a really good time to build your brand. So I'm going to stop with that and I'm going to go right to Jen mm -hmm. to get her advice on what can people do right now from a operation, a operational or looking at growth of their business perspective. Yeah, so to dovetail on what you said, Jasmine, I think you're right. Um, getting clear on your brand is is really smart. Um, I've sat on a lot of calls recently, uh, restart seminars, and they're all saying the same thing. It's it's time for businesses to re-examine their purpose, their reason for being. So it's a great time right now to say, why does my business exist in the first place? Um, and make sure you're getting crystal clear on that because then you're gonna be able to align your focus um, priorities and resources on that. Um, and your short-term priorities right now need to replace your long-term plans. Um, that's okay. Uh, think about it. No one has the time or resources or even insight into this new normal that we keep talking about to begin realistically crafting, let alone executing long-term plans. Um, so the one bonus of this situation is that everyone's working with the same unknown and we've leveled the playing field. Um, so it's also okay to scrap plans that no longer make sense. Uh, you don't want to throw limited resources against bad ideas. So um, the key is that the companies that are going to survive this and thrive are the ones that are going to be flexible. Um, agility is going to be that new buzzword out there. And frankly, women and entrepreneurs are natural at being agile. Um, so just make sure to keep your priorities simple, keep them minimal, no more than two or three to begin with. Um, in fact, the word priority was intended to be uh, a singular priority, the priority. Um, and, you know, the way I say it is we're all trying to eat an elephant here. So the best way to do that is one bite at a time. Oh, I, I love it. I love that you talked about it. It's so important. Thank you, Jen. I'm going to move over to Molly Hegman. Yeah, even to kind of um, piggyback off of what was Jen was saying, uh, re-examining your business and making sure you understand its purpose. Um, and then for both service and product-based companies, um, from a financial standpoint, it's, it's a good time to rethink kind of what are your expenses, um, really diving into the buckets of variable versus fixed and figuring out ways you can keep the lights on while minimizing some of those costs. So what are the um, nice to haves and what are the must haves um, in, in understanding that you may have to give and take a little bit right now, but um, you're not completely walking away from one of those expenses, you're just putting it on pause. So whether that's kind of um, a relationship with 
um, a certain like marketing team that's doing stuff for you or how much you're spending on creative um, for your website or your social media, like where are there places too that you can take that into your own hands? Like what have you kind of um, learned along the way and how can you leverage your own skill set that you may have um, to manage those expenses? And then from a top line revenue standpoint, I think it's a great opportunity to think about um, where do you start potentially bundling services and or products? So it's one of those where um, it's, it's easiest to kind of um, piggyback or to, to leverage your existing customer base right now than to go out and acquire new customers that costs more money. So with your existing customers, where can you bundle services? Where can you offer kind of um, two services with a potential discount? Uh, it's also a really good time to create partnerships. What is, um, is, is there another business out there um, in your community that you guys could come together and find some sort of bundling service to offer, offer your customers um, a, a discount where it's actually benefiting everyone involved? Um, that's, this is like a great opportunity. And also if you're selling physical products, like how do you create bundle sets um, to kind of maximize that potential with an existing customer? Um, so kind of looking at it from, from your revenue and your expense streams, just like being creative and flexible in how you're examining those, but really spending the time to examine them. I think sometimes people get in the habit of thinking they, they spend X amount of money on something. And then when they really start looking at the receipts or looking into kind of cash flow, it's, it's, it's completely different. And so um, taking that time to really sit down and examine it um, is good to do right now. Now, I completely agree with you. One thing I'd like to add, I love that. Um, so I hope everyone is taking notes, these geniuses on, um, no, I'm being serious, is you talked about the partnerships and you know the work that I've been doing for a million years is getting female startups to grow and they don't have an audience when they start. So that's part of marketing too, right? And, and exactly. because everyone is struggling, guess what's gonna happen? If you reach out to others, especially other female entrepreneurs that they're, you know, you're supporting them, they're supporting you and you might be able to double your audience. So, all right, now I wanna to get to what I have been focused on the last week, which is personal finances a little bit and how business finances and personal finances come together and what you're seeing, Susan, um, with how can we, how can we help each other? How can you help yourself right now with what's going on in your finances? Well, I think one of the things I, I said, well, I'm gonna quote Warren Buffett, he just recently said is that, you know, fear is the most contagious disease that you can imagine. Mm. So I know many of the clients that I've been talking to, and it, this is totally understandable, but we've uh, kind of triggered that fear-based response of what we probably all know as our fight or flight. And when this happens, kind of our rational minds kind of get pushed aside and our emotions then tend to predominate. So um, what we have to be doing is we have to be thinking about, okay, it's okay to be uncomfortable because when we're uncomfortable, we also have to realize that we can't make good decisions from like a panic mode. So we have to recognize that, you know what, we, we can't control the virus. We can't control the economy. Yeah. But what we do need to focus on is what we can control, which are some of the things that were just mentioned by Jen and Molly. So I look on the money side, whether it's business or personal, it's taking that deep dive into your expenses or if it's your business, your cash flow, and you know, looking at where, you know, 
your current spending is going and considering, you know, which or some expenses that could be avoided. So, um, and again, it goes back to what Molly was saying, you know, are you spending excess on marketing or rent or, you know, what's the size of your company, you know, other areas that are reducible without impacting the quality of your business. I know that a lot of utility companies are working with people in terms of bill paying and slowing that down. Uh, if you have business insurance, you know, have you checked that out to see if there's an aspect of it that can help you through this situation? But the bottom line is kind of knowing how long your cash is going to last, right? And we should be looking at that, you know, at least for the month. And what cash can you access? Do you have an emergency fund? I know we mentioned that earlier. I talked to somebody last week and they were like, well, you know, I'm not sure if I want to use my emergency fund. And I'm like, well, this is exactly what it's for. You know, This is the time to use your emergency fund. So well, once you've kind of established and know what your cash flow for the month is, then you can kind of know what you need to do to kind of prepare to extend, to maintain operations. And we know right now, I think one of the things that we can control is we can expand our knowledge sphere in terms of what's available out there to us. We know there's the Paycheck uh, Protection Program, which actually ran out of funds, but you know, with, there's now another stimulus package with also the um, healthcare enhancement with it. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce are being really helpful and have resources the small business administrations, uh, kind of just knowing, I think pretty much online and Googling, there's a lot of information out there just in terms of loans for women. Um, I know Facebook are even doing a small grant for small businesses. They're doing like a grant program. So it's really, you know, taking a look at, you know, where you can act, you know, what are the resources and how can you access some of those that can help you extend and maintain operations. Okay, great, yeah. You know what I noticed? Um, so I've been putting out a few things like, um, sometimes it's confusing to business owners to know where to go to get help. And I've been doing work with the Women's Business Center in New York and Florida for a while. So the um, BOC, the Women's BOC, if you look that up online, uh, please, they are very, very helpful. Um, and also talking to your bank, because most of the banks are lenders with the SBA. So if you don't know what to do, just asking the bank, I have found anyway, in the last week, um, that they at least can give you, guide you in the right direction, because it can be really confusing. So thank you, Susan. Um, my next question is not for the women that have been doing it a long time, but for the newbies. Like, so as I mentioned up front, um, so I've been a business owner for 15 years. Um, I used to be in corporate. I, I have been um, an employee, I've been an entrepreneur, I know both sides of the fence very well. So a lot, of, a lot of people right now are thinking, hey, you know what, this is a time to explore my passion or my idea. So you know what, I'm just gonna take, to Susan's point, maybe my emergency fund or a piece of it, and I really believe in myself, because that's what Warrior Women in Business is about, and I'm gonna go out there and start a business, right? So there's so much you need to know to do that. And in this time, I think you also have to be equally as cautious as we're all just talking about. 
So I want to go around and ask you each, what's your advice? And I'm going to give my little two cents um, to a brand new, like a brand new startup, either she's self-funded or maybe she has a rich partner. I don't know. Or maybe she has a bank loan. I mean, some people are lucky, but anyway, so, um, so what advice would you have to somebody who's ready now to start? So I, I, I'm going to start and just give my little, and then I'm going to go to Jen, my mm-hmm. little two cents. Um, so if you've either lost your job or I know actually a lot of people that have left their jobs, mm-hmm. which is interesting, um, because they want to do something bigger and grander. So from a branding marketing standpoint, I would, the one small piece of advice to start with is start thinking about and looking at and validating your, what your, the demand for your type of business. I think that honestly, that's like numero uno. So if you have an idea, like I'm going to have the next, I don't know, Facebook, let's say, because I've had a lot of those clients that work with that think they have that and it's fine. So I have the next idea for X. Okay. That's okay. So you want to do your research. That's the first place to start. It could cost you nothing if you know how to do it well, right? Mm-hmm. Use it. There's so many tools online right now. Use it. Do your research to see, is there market demand for the product or service that I want to start by looking online, looking at social networks, the groups within those networks, asking people that you know, going out and looking at competitors and seeing how they do it and starting to build out if there's market demand, how I'm going to be different yet better. Like just start with the planning and the planning, like Jen and I had mentioned, right? This is a perfect time to plan and strategize. That's the first thing that you do and put it on paper. And then when you, you come out of this, you're going to be well ahead of a lot of people that just start businesses on intuition or impulse and they don't have it done on paper. So Jen, I want to hear from you. Well, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I, Am I on mute? No, I'm not on mute. Sorry. <laughs> Technology. Um, well, I'm excited to hear you to say it, put it on paper because uh, it means that I'm influencing you now too. Uh, so like Jasmine said, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of lists and envisioning end state first. Um, so what I would do is I would say, where do you see yourself a year from now? What would success look like? What would it feel like? And by articulating it, you're gonna make it concrete and allow it to start taking form. Um, And then you just use the same logic you use to approach any new tasks. What are the first two to three things you need to do to start your journey? Um, Define your purpose so you have your focus. So like Jasmine said, you know, what is your business differentiator? What is your reason for being? Um, And then determine the couple tasks you need to just get started. Um, Make your checklist and then just start ticking those things off. Um, There's genius in just starting sometimes. So I would say just get moving. You can reinvent, pivot as you go. Um, And once you create some momentum, it's going to amplify from there uh, to to what um, Susan said earlier. You're going to feel more in control of your situation and you might even start to get a little excited about your possibilities. And then you're going to put some positive energy out there. And there's something about that positive energy that attracts opportunity back. Um, And I would also say, do not be afraid to tell people what you're doing. It makes you accountable. Um, It plants the seed with them. And then you never know where those conversations lead. Um, My first three gigs were based on random conversations I had with folks in my network when I couldn't even see around that corner. So uh, write it down. 
get get straight on what your differentiator is and tell people you're doing it. Love it. Molly, what do you have to say? I'm going to follow on with uh, what both you, Jasmine, and Jen said, um, starting with that strong business plan. Like, have you really thought through what the demand is? Who is your customer? Um, has has that customer changed and what their needs or desires are going to be based on what we're going through right now? And are there going to be cultural or behavioral changes that start happening um, that you have to you have to think about now? Um, I think in terms of making sure you're thinking about your business plan um, holistically, that talking to individuals, your you know um, former colleagues, your friends and family, former professors, like like really getting it out there and not being afraid to talk about it because that's how you're going to also see around some of those corners. Um, people will have ideas or be able to connect you with someone else who is, you know, has a background um, in what you want to ultimately do or can provide kind of a service that will support what you're doing. Um, so I think, I think it's that piece of like, don't be afraid to talk about it is really important. Um, I think sometimes you can get in your head and you start spinning and you, you're just like, oh, it's such a leap of faith. And then once you start actually communicating it, it also helps you build a stronger business plan. Um, it helps you kind of narrow down what your focus is going to be. And then you are able to start um, leveraging that network, even on LinkedIn. I think there are so many people on LinkedIn right now, just like reaching out saying, hey, I've lost my job and I'm, I'm interested in being in marketing still and this is what I want to do. And if you're, you know, starting out a business, like it's a great time to say, hey, like I don't have a lot to offer, but I'm starting this business and like, can I pick your brain and then we can ultimately work together. I think people are going to just be more open to embracing the community that we have and the skill sets that people have. Um, and it, it's, it's not going to, there's not going to be any like barriers. People want to engage. They want to communicate. They want to help others. Um, it's bringing out kind of um, this new passion in people to also support the mom and pop shops and the entrepreneurs out there. I think because um, communities are going to start changing, neighborhoods are going to start changing and they don't want to lose their identity. So um, I, I know personally, like I want to support what's in my neighborhood because um, that's why I feel like I belong here. And so you're going to find people who are like, I want to support your business idea and I want to help you right now. Um, but you're not going to get that unless you talk about it. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. And uh, I like that you talk about the neighborhood, right? Um, everybody is inevitably defined by their neighborhood or where they're from initially. And, you know, it, it is changing the way that people think about their community. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you yeah. talked about that. One point before I get to Susan is, um, both of you are talking about, you know, talking to others about your idea. One thing that will not hurt you, and I definitely recommend, and a lot of lawyers are being so gracious right now, talk with a lawyer. Um, even just an initial conversation with a business lawyer, super smart, please do it before you go out and do something. It just help you, it'll give you awesome ideas. Uh, I just had to say that. Okay, Susan, uh, go ahead. Uh, I like, I love the list. I think it's a woman's thing as well, isn't it? You know, I'm always, you know, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning. It's like, oh, I've got to put down the list. <laughs> it's like, so I think that's great. And I'm a, a big proponent of vision boards. I, I think that they're great. And I think that's a good time. This is a great time to create a vision board as well. Um, if you're at home and you don't have all the kids to take care of, <laughs> that's for sure. But I mean, it's definitely a leap of faith, that's for sure, right? But um, there is this tremendous opportunity right now 
that exists. And many of the largest companies in the world right now were built out of recessions and hard economic times because the leaders were innovators. Mm -hmm. I think um, out of 2008, 2009, more millionaires came out of that era than prior to it. And I think, you know, just to, again, to reiterate, you know, we're in a digital era, right? So we have a lot of resources available to us. So with a lot of hard work, many businesses can be started with little upfront cost. But what I would say is, you know, if you do have the overhead that you need to get started, you need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and your dependents first. So when I talk about the emergency fund, from my perspective, you need to make sure that typically we would say, you know, have anywhere between three and six months in terms of uh, covering expenses in normal times. And right now, we just don't know how long this is going to last and the fallout. So I would definitely say, make sure you have six months worth of expenses. You, uh, to I should say your emergency fund has um, enough money to cover six months worth of expenses. Mm. So if you have that, then you know, you're in a position to go take advantage of this being a real opportunity for you to be innovative and create a business. Yeah, I love that. I was talking to my advi financial advisor this morning just about exactly about that. And I said, I think you need to have six months put away. Um, so excellent advice uh, from all of you. So um, I actually want to get into it. That kind of dovetails exactly into my next question. So all of us pretty much run our own business, um, some longer than others. Some are more, you know, just focused on selling. But um, so since we're all entrepreneurs, you know, I'd love to hear your experience on what it was like to start out and what you have learned. <laughs> I'm going to share. My, I'm going to start with mine because I'm a business owner like I love what you said, Susan. It got me excited that there are millionaires that came out of the demise of 2008 because I'm waiting for that day. But um, so I want to talk. I want to talk about my. I'll just quickly talk about my history as an entrepreneur. So I had this very cushy job at IBM, and um, I was a sales director in the area of technology uh, around 2001, as we all remember, a very very terrible time. Um, so I was right there at the heart of where 9-11 uh, happened, physically saw that happen in front of me, it changed my entire life. Um, so with the, with that, when that, after that happened, uh, my entire department was like laid off. So I took my savings and I started a business and I started a social network and I didn't believe in myself from an operational finance standpoint. standpoint. So I found a consultant who ended up, and I just, I always tell people a story, who ended up bankrupting me, but it's okay because I learned so much, it's insane from that experience. So I started and sold the social network at a couple hundred thousand dollar loss. But from that experience, I really catapulted my career because I built it from the ground up with almost no support. So not only do I understand and have done everything, when I talk about everything, designing websites, coding, design, writing, not like I want to do it now, but my team could do that. But, you know, I learned all of that really hard stuff. But I also learned what it was like to be accountable as a business owner. You know, I remember going into like 
paying my vendors because my business partner took off when we failed. And, you know, being accountable, um, following up with people, understanding the importance of relationships, um, standing by your brand for the long term. You know, I've taken these things forward through all my businesses and through Warrior Women in Business. And I think, you know, you only you only continue to get better if you if you learn from your mistakes and learn from your failures and even learn from your successes. So, Jen, go ahead. Um, similar situation. I, I had worked in corporate for 25 years and I have that safety net. Um, and in 2017, I was, I was a victim of what they were calling the retail apocalypse and I lost my job. Um, and I thought I would get hired very quickly and I did not. I ended up being out of work for 11 months. So, um, during that time, I, I started my own business uh, based on advice from some um, coworkers who said, you know, what you do would be really valuable as a consultant. You might want to look into that. Um, and it was terrifying, but it was also a means to an end. And I had absolutely nothing to lose at that point in time. Um, and my, you know, my husband was um, a big cheerleader. He said to me, he's like, why wouldn't you bet on yourself? Aww. So it kind of was like, oh yeah, why wouldn't I? Um, and once, you know, the rug, the safety net had kind of gotten ripped out from under me uh, and I had no choice but to bet on myself, I did. Uh, and it was, it was terrifying. Uh, and I didn't know exactly what I was doing, but I asked questions and, and to Jasmine's point, you know, she didn't feel like she knew what she was doing operationally and financially. Um, I didn't know what I was doing uh, marketing wise. So I ended up, that's how I ended up connecting with Jasmine and she helped me build a website and a digital presence and all of that. And then if I had very specific questions on finance, I had friends that were in finance that could help me with that. Um, and it's just, again, I just got started doing it. So um, there's freedom in it. There's freedom in betting on yourself because you know you're gonna work really hard for yourself. Um, and I think it's okay to be afraid, but don't let the fear paralyze you, let it exhilarate you. Um, as we know, anything worth doing isn't easy. Uh, so, you know, you've got good instincts, uh, use those instincts, take it a day at a time. Uh, the fact that you have already expressed this desire to do something new uh, speaks to your courage and your tolerance for risk and your resilience already. Um, you just apply your gut instincts, you take the same practical measures that you used to in your day-to-day -day job um, and, and go for it. The scariest part's the first step after that, it's one foot in front of the other. I love it. Molly. Yeah, so I am the, uh, I'm the, the newest of the team in um, starting my business. I actually started it in January of this year. So um, I had been in corporate retail um, for about 15, 16 years. Um, I had been pondering for a little over a year, like starting my own um, business and, and moving into the consulting world. Um, I was afraid. Um, I, I basically um, had the motivation of similar to Jen. My husband was like, just do it. Like, you're not going to have an opportunity to do it. And we were in a place financially where you can um, step away from your job. And um, it also was kind of lining up with when my daughter was starting in like a pre-K program and I was navigating the leaving work in a hurry to try and get to someplace to, to see a performance that she had and that like guilt piece. And I, I really just wanted that flexibility to 
manage um, my time appropriately and spend it in the places that I wanted. I think in the corporate world, I was getting a little bogged down with some of the um, you know, politics or the, the, the processes piece of it versus the actual um, doing the work and, and getting it out the door. Um, and I am someone who just likes to like take something on and work until it's done. Um, and so I would, I would bring that home with me each night and I needed to find a balance. And so for me, um, being a independent consultant gives me that balance that I need. Um, as Jen said, it, it is scary, that first step of like, can I do it? And I, I talked to a few of my friends who actually had done it, um, had the, you know, used my network, which I think is important for anyone. Um, went through some of my old even business school friends who also were in corporate and then had recently started consulting and not necessarily in the same thing field as me, but I was like picking their brain on, you know, how did they decide to, to take the step and what was the trigger and what were some of their key learnings along the way so that I could, um, you know, think about those in advance before, before also encountering those issues later on. But um, I think for me, it's just, um, it, it gives me just such great flexibility and I can choose to devote my time and energy in a place that I'm passionate about. Um, and that's when I tend to perform the best is when I'm actually excited about what I'm doing. And so you're getting to choose that um, uh, as, as a consultant, um, which is important. I love what you said about um, that you like to take something and see it through. That's a very important characteristics of an entrepreneur seeing it through. So I'm glad you brought that up because anybody that's listening or watching, if you decide you're going to do it, do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Susan, go ahead. So um, I had over two decades as an administrator um, in nonprofits and human services. And now I work in finance, but I didn't find finance, it found me. So I entered the financial field, not as an economist or a financial planner, but as a, a social worker who was interested in attitudes and emotional reactions to money, because we know money is way more than currency. So our beliefs about our money impact our behaviors, which then determine our results with money. So as a social worker, I wanted to change that conversation around money and provide a different way of thinking about money. But there wasn't anything specific to that in the human service field that I was working in. And I had also approached uh, other financial advisors to maybe suggest coming in as a back office support. And so that didn't work. And uh, I, I'm really passionate about women's economic empowerment for many uh, different reasons. So I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I just need to do this myself. And um, so hence transitioned over to the financial side and then ended up partnering with um, Ruben, uh, my associate who founded the Power Forward Group, who's actually uh, a recovering estate <laughs> planning attorney. <laughs> so um, hence, you know, again, same experience, really nervous, you know, do I give up this, you know, income that I know is coming in every other week to transition to something that will have ebbs and flows. And so it was very scary, but the thing is, you know what? We will give ourselves all the excuses under the sun 
sometimes to prevent from putting that one step forward because it's like, oh, I'm not quite ready yet, or maybe I need a little more knowledge or information or additional resources. But you know what? You just have to do it. And I, from my perspective, I think often our inner critic is our worst enemy. You know, that little voice that's always telling us, oh, are you sure about this? And what if you don't get paid? And oh, you know, you don't really have enough knowledge to do that. So you got to tell that little voice you got it. And, you know, uh, you're taking it forward. The other thing is know your value and mm -hmm. your own worth because I come across a lot of women and I understand, you know, starting out your, your business new, you want to build up your clientele. And often we have a tendency to undervalue ourselves and not charge what we're worth just so we can get that client or customer. And then I mm. hear stories, it's like, oh my God, the, my worst nightmare. And, I, and it's like, you know, cut the cord. <laughs> because, you know, if you don't value yourself, then why should anybody else? So it's really important to recognize your own value. And I think, you know, just going back to what you'd also said earlier, Jasmine, it's, you know, we have to look at, as we move forward, a failure is not a failure it's a learning experience and i think thomas edison said i think he had a hundred different trials before he finally <laughs> invented the light bulb and what he responded to was he said these were a hundred situations that i was able to identify didn't work to create the light bulb so I think, you know, um, using that as a learning curve, because it just helps us, it's taking us a step forward to knowing, you know, what, what we want to do and hope. I think hope is, you know, having hope is, opens the door for the future for you. So. I love it. Yeah. Business is science and faith. <laughs> um, in, so, in so many ways, it is a lot about believing in yourself, right? taking the step and and also what's interesting that I think we've all been talking about that I, I want to impress upon everyone is you know even if you have a great business idea like believe me Jen knows I always have about 12 billion ideas <laughs> so I'm, it's like Jen I have another idea so and I've always been like that you know um it even if one idea doesn't work maybe the next idea will work so that if that idea didn't work it doesn't mean it's a failure it just means you're continuing to improve so um, I want to go around and ask uh, something that's important for female startups and for just general women business owners, which is networking. So, uh, you know, we are on Zoom and we are on Facebook and we are on LinkedIn and we're on Instagram. I think uh, my assistant's running that right now. I don't know. But, um, you know, basically right now we're doing something that I've been preaching for a long time, which is virtual networking. Mm -hmm. So I just want to hear from each of you, you know, Networking when it comes to building your business, especially if you're a startup, is critical, right? Mm -hmm. We need to know how to network with each other. We need to know how to build relationships. So I want to go around and ask one tip that you would give um, for networking success. So I'm just going to start. 
uh, quickly. So I've been a LinkedIn author and trainer like a billion times over. And one thing that I always talk about in my training is people get like too hung up on using LinkedIn and LinkedIn sales navigator for cold calling, right? So then they get scared because it is scary. I've knocked mm -hmm. on so many doors in my life. So the way that I would suggest to think about networking, and we'll just take LinkedIn as a simple example, is to instead think about whom you can network with that already serves the audience that you're going after. Mm -hmm. So think about networking with peers or complementary service providers, because they're much more willing to listen to you because you're not selling them anything. You're building a relationship. And that is how I built and sustained my businesses. This is my third business. Yeah in the last 15 years. So that's my tip. Yeah. Jen, what would you say? Um, again, uh, building upon that, I would say, you know, don't think of networking as cold calling because it's not that anymore. It's building a relationship. And sometimes the best way to build a relationship is with people you already have uh, at least a knowledgeable relationship with, whether that's a peer, whether it's a former coworker. Um, and now's a great time right now to just reach out to those people and say, you know, hey, I, you crossed my mind today. How are you doing? I'd love to catch up. It's completely non-threatening. Um, it puts the ball in their court. I've, I've used that technique a lot. And I would say almost always I get a response. It's how Molly, uh, Molly and I got back in touch even. And, um, you know, then when they get back in touch, you let them know what you're doing. You're curious about what they're doing. Um, and right now, uh, you know, there are a lot of people out of work. So there are going to be a lot of people reaching out. One of the things I did too, even outside of LinkedIn, was I had friends that were also looking for employment and, and manifesting new ideas. And we had a standing happy hour where we just, you know, chatted through and brainstormed. I had one friend I would take walks in Central Park with and we brainstormed. And some of the leads that came out of those early conversations where we were just kicking around ideas um, were so, so helpful. Um, and then, you know, when we get back up and running again, look for the seminars, look for those women networking opportunities. I mean, that's what they're there for. And while you're there, don't be afraid to go up and shake a hand, not shake a hand, don't shake a hand anymore. Although God, whatever don't shake it is. <laughs> jazz hand, no, you do um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> but you know, ask for the contact information. That's the whole point of those things is, you know, and that will expand your network. You'll get, you'll get exposed to people you wouldn't see. And then, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the, um, you know, compound effect. The more people you meet, the more they, they introduce you to their network and so on and so forth. Molly, what's your one yeah. tip? Building upon that, um, I think it's this aspect of being proactive about it in the sense of, you know, not waiting until you're like, okay, I'm going to start my business right now. And so I need to start networking. Like it's doing it well in advance. It should just, you, you need to, in essence, carve out time. It's it, sometimes people see networking as something like I don't have time for, I don't have time for just carve out whatever it is. Maybe it's an hour a week where you're dedicating time to like, I'm going to reach out to like former colleagues or former professors or friends and family and just say like, be genuine. I want to like, see how you're doing. I want to start talking to you. I want to, you know, um, hear what's going on in your life. And then you gradually like start just talking about what's going on in your life and, and your, your, your thoughts of like, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a business. And then you start talking about it. It helps formulate the idea. It helps the person think like, oh, I know this person that I could connect you with. And that's how it happens. But if you don't, if you wait too long to start doing it, it gets uncomfortable. 
you're like, oh, I don't really want to make that call because I like really just need their connection. You, you just need to carve out the time and be proactive in wanting to build those relationships because as you're building out your business, you're going to need to know how to communicate and how to just like approach people and have conversation. And so it also helps you figure out your communication style and um, how you're going to engage with people that you either haven't spoken to, don't have a relationship with, um, or, or you are just like cold calling. Um, so I think that, that really being proactive and carving out the time is important. Okay, great. Susan, what do you have to say about networking? Um, yeah, I mean, I think LinkedIn is a great place to um, build relationships. And I think also, you know, looking at your existing relationships and how do you leverage them? So I think about, you know, I've worked with nonprofits and you always had a board of directors, but, you know, especially just starting your business, you can have a board and they can be your resource people. So as you've identified the goals that, you know, you want to uh, focus on to move you forward. So if you know an aspect of it is marketing, then you can leverage and reach out and say, you know, can I ask you a couple of questions about this because I'm starting a business and would you be willing to be on my board of directors for a couple of months and we only meet one and so then you're getting feedback from them you get getting you know their expertise and now you're not asking them to do the work for you but you're tapping into the expertise and knowledge so and the other thing when we do get back to well actually you can use this right now i love this so when I um, at networking events, and you can actually do it through the screen as well, um, I think of um, LinkedIn as a live resume. So, you know what, well, I give out business cards, but I always ask is somebody on LinkedIn? Because straight away, you can start to develop that relationship by being top of mind if you're connected. So, I don't know, I'm just going to hold it up to the camera. So when you go, not really coming in, you're, are you talking about the scanner, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Just, so the, uh, yeah. Because so you have the, people don't know about it. Yeah. I'll just say it because you can't see your screen. So uh, on LinkedIn, when you have your, your profile open on the top, there's a little box with four dots and you press on that and you can scan someone's LinkedIn profile and you can connect with them. I can put that, we can put that in the chat box, but yeah, absolutely. And it's all about, it's all about follow-up, right? and ensuring that. So that's a great point. We don't have a lot of time, so I wanna get right into the meaty questions. Um, so in business, we need to plan for both the short and long-term, which Jen was previously talking about. So with all these changes, stoppages, and we don't know when we're getting let out, um, and, some, and some of the industries are experiencing complete overturn and change, how does a woman in business plan for her business and her finances, and I'm not gonna answer this. I'm gonna to go to the experts, Jen. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say it again. I said it in, in your first question. It is completely okay to let go of a long-term plan right now. Trying a long-term plan is the equivalent of stumbling around in the dark at the moment. So uh, you're not gonna be behind. Everyone's in the same boat. Um, so what you're gonna, where you're gonna succeed is in your ability to look at what you did have planned Pivot to your essentials right now and focus your resources there. Um, and then in the, you know, in parallel, set yourself up to be as nimble as you can be for the next 12 to 18 months. 
empower your teams to be creative, think outside the box. There's a lot of momentum right now um, in people's willingness to adapt, be resilient and innovative. Just think about what we've all lived through. Um, so use those newly uh, coveted skills to your advantage and your team's advantage. Um, your goals may still be relevant, but your path to getting to those goals may look very, very different. Um, so be curious about what the possibilities are, apply them as necessary, but I would say your only job right now is to double down on your purpose, keep your lights on, keep your team motivated. If you can do that in the immediate future, all those other pieces are going to fall into place as your picture becomes clearer. Thank you. Molly? And I think um, speaking to kind of keeping the lights on is really important, and to do that taking a look at your budget again, um, which, which I know I spoke to earlier, is, is just re-examining your expenses, re-examining your top line, um, but really taking the time to look at your budget bottoms up um, each expense line and really making sure it's important to, to continuing right now. I think another important thing is um, if you're not already digital, you gotta become digital. Um, we don't know how long this is going to last, um, but you know, businesses that do have a, a, an online presence um, are still finding ways to survive and, and keep going. Um, and just you know, re-examining some of the way they they have operated um, before. But um, having some sort of online presence um, will be key to the future. I think you know, just the, the behaviors of individuals is gonna change. Um, the companies, you know, that are thriving right now are the ones that are, are serving the essential needs, the basic needs, um, and um, figuring out how your, your service or product fits into that will be really important. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I mean, obviously the online presence, what I do for a living, but more importantly, you know, I was supposed to have Warrior Women in Business has events. So our big event at the Brand New Conference is now shelved, um, just so everybody who's listening knows. Unfortunately, I think we're going to be pushing this thing out to the fall. I'm very sad. I want to cry over it. But um, so, you know, I had to pivot the business. And then yesterday I had a call with um, a potential client who has an event, a global events business. And they've now launched two, um, one e-commerce site and one social network. So, you know, they want my help with something. And But they're smart because they said, oh, we know we're six months, we're not going to have any revenue. So we got to totally turn our business around and you have to be that way. So thanks for bringing that up, Molly. Susan, what do you have to say about that planning? Okay. Oh, I am unmuted. Okay. Um, just in terms of, of when I think about it, you know, the, there are two options right now. I'm thinking, you know, there's, um, okay, I have my plan. And I can stay the course or my plans just blowing up. So when I say that, you know, I'm looking at, you know, if somebody didn't have that emergency fund and they don't have anything to liquidate in terms of operations, then they, they may need to start looking at some of those long term monies, which I would never recommend in any other situation mm -hmm. but if people you know right now I, I like to say we think about um or i love to use the term or our team does the f words of financial planning and i don't mean the f word so <laughs> we have like this three bucket approach uh which kind of we we think about in terms of helping money identify what they are helping people identify 
what they need money for. So there's like a focus bucket, a flexibility bucket, and a future bucket. And I totally agree right now, people are focused on the short term. But what I want to say is that, you know what, if you don't have to access future monies to keep the company going, then don't stay the course. Mm. I mean, the market has been around for more than 170 years and we have bulls and burrs and it goes up, up and down. But the key to this is staying the course if you can, right? Yeah. So um, I, I hear all too often, you know, people are like, oh, shall I start taking, shall I try and take money out of my 401k? And it's like, well, you know, have you got other monies someplace else? And no, just leave that, you know, let it run its course. So I think, you know, people are just so panicky because we think about, I also think about, you know, if you have some of those extra monies right now, that it's also a good time to buy. Because when we think about it, everything's on sale. Like, you know, if, we, if we're looking for stuff in the kitchen, right? It's like, oh, you know, I need a new fridge, but oh, those are having a sale next week so I can get a discount on that. But when it comes to our investments, we never think about that. You know, yeah. <laughs> we do the total opposite. So it's just helping people think about that. You know, the market's done this for years. It comes up, it generally does 7% over the lifetime. So it's just, you know, stay the course. And, um, you know, this time too will pass. I love it. You know, that makes me feel comfortable and make everybody feel comfortable. If, if the market's been around so long, we shouldn't all jump like it's a fire. So thank you, Susan. Uh, last question before we go to audience Q&A. So please make it short because I want to hear what the audience has to say. Um, so what would each of you say to you is a warrior woman in business at this time? One thing, just one thing that pops to your head. Um, well, I'm going to say two words empower and encourage. We have to let go of these old ideas of doing it all and competing with one another right now. There's so much opportunity to go around and women are wonderful collaborators, innovators, and great at just getting things done. Um, look at the leaders who manage the crisis best. They're all women. So I think now is our time to shine in the world and we can help each other do it. Thank you very much, Jen. Molly? Similar advice here is it's a time to stick together as a community and figure out a path to moving forward um, collectively and supporting each other along the way. Um, and I think too, there's this, this quote I'm going to read that's um, from my daughter's room, but it says, um, it's no use going back to yesterday because I was a different person then. And it's from Alice in Wonderland. And it's like, everyone is different now. We've all been on the, in, you know, in this unknown journey that we've been experiencing. Um, no one knows the right or wrong way to deal with um, the pandemic, but we are all navigating through and we're helping each other along the way. And so I think encouraging people to just continue on that path forward um, together will be important. Thank you, Susan. Yeah, I think we're all saying the same thing. You know, we're navigating this new normal together. Um, we're, we're locking arms, obviously virtually, and you know, trying to help one another in ways that we can because the world is vastly different. <laughs> so I think, you know, the, the more we do that, the more we'll feel connected. But I think, you know, it's just 
choosing to see opportunities in the choices that you have. So even when there aren't, they're not our choice, when, even when they're not the choices you want, okay? Surround yourself with positive and motivated people and choosing to connect to your own resilience. We're much more resilient than we realize and focusing on what is right in your life, not what is wrong. I love it, yeah. Well, thank you. That's amazing. So we're going to be going to we're go, going to audience q and I'm just waiting for those to come in. Um, but before we go there, just a couple of announcements. So at the end of Q&A, uh, Molly, uh, my assistant, will be putting in two links into the Q&A uh, form in Facebook. So one is a document link for any of you that are interested. So we are like Susan said, everything is on sale. <laughs> so <laughs> we are giving away our time. Um, so you can, you're, you'll feel free to use the form to book a free consult with all of us or any one of us. One of us. So Molly will be putting that in the form shortly as well. Um, one other thing that I'm very excited about uh, is on Friday. Today's Wednesday, right? I don't know. Being a stay at home, I have no idea what day it is anymore. But anyways, on Friday, we have a professional dancer as part of our Warrior Women in Business Entertainment Series. If anybody that knows me, I'm a musician and I love the arts. So we bring the, generally bring in the arts to our physical events. So instead, we're doing them online. And on Friday of this week at 5.30, we are hosting a professional ballet dancer who is going to be uh, doing a mixed dance lesson for beginners, which is really, really, really cool. So we're going to be, she's got a killer playlist. So that's going to be available as well. And Molly will be sharing that in the box. Um, just waiting for, I'm just waiting for Molly to get back to us with any Q&A. Let me just check here in the chat box to see how we're doing. Okay, I think she is checking in shortly here. So while we're waiting for Molly, um, any, uh, any other, before we get into questions, any other kind of trailing advice that you think you've left on the table that you want to share? To, to women right now and how they're feeling and moving forward, Jen? Um, you know, I would just say again, you know, trust your instincts, use what you've learned uh, in your life to date. You, you know, again, women instinctively know how to organize themselves. They know how to get things done. Um, but I think we're not great at what Susan said, knowing our value and betting on ourselves. So use this time. Again, you got nothing to lose. So just don't be afraid to take that first step. And if you bet on yourself, I guarantee, uh, you know, a year from now, you're going to be so grateful you did it. Yeah. Betting on yourself. I love it. Um, I'm just going to, I got a couple of questions here, so I'm going to jump into them. So, um, a woman, Debbie asked if I want to start my own business where is the best starting point? Um, so I don't know if it's what's the best starting point or where is the best starting point, but I will tell you what I think and then I'll just go around. Um, you have to, I mean, I do branding. <laughs> so, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's about focus. And, you know, the best starting point is for you to determine which way you want to go to, you know? Are you going to do B2C? Are you going to do B2B? Is it online business? is an offline business. Um, and then in that, you have to be realistic based, based on what is your actual experience in life. Because generally the way businesses start is someone has some experience in something and then they lead into doing that on their own. So that's my uh, two cents. Jen? 
Um, I would say same thing, know your purpose. That's really, you know, if you clearly define your purpose, then you're going to understand where you need to focus your efforts. Um, and if you're asking just from a total practicality standpoint, honest to God, what I did when I first decided that I wanted to create my own business is I Googled how to create a business. Amazing <laughs> what will come up. Um, so don't be afraid of the Google machine. Uh, and ask other women who have started businesses. You've got to know people in your network that have done it. Just, you know, get on the phone with them, like Susan and Molly said, and just say, hey, how'd you do it? People love talking about that stuff. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Molly, what do you have to say on that one? I think it's um, as you're coming up with your idea of what type of business you have, like really figuring out what are you trying to solve and is what you're trying to solve meaningful? And who it. is it meaningful to? And then that will help you narrow it down to who your audience is and who your customer is. And then you can see like, did I just funnel down to like my five closest best friends or did I funnel down to just my neighborhood or did I funnel, funnel to something that can be like, there is, there is universal demand amongst the United States or internationally. It just you really have to understand like, what are you trying to solve and who is it going to help? And that, that in all honesty will help you then formulate kind of what could your potential revenue stream look like um, by what audience you're capturing and how big they are. Yes, that's extremely important, right, Molly? I mean, yep. also I just, just wanna dovetail off that for a second, Molly. So um, any advice on choosing, um, like let's say, you want to start a clothing business, right? Mm -hmm. Just doesn't matter. So any advice on if you, if you're, you're a fashionista, you want to start a clothing business, any advice on how you go about choosing what quadrant you're going to go after in terms of luxury brand, mass brand, do you have any advice on that? Cause I know I get that question a lot. Yeah. I think a lot of it is like doing research um, and understanding within each of those kind of quadrants, where is, where is there a white space? So um, if you're going after and you're saying, I want to be Bass Market and I want to be just like Zara, like that's going to be hard to replicate. But are you solving something that Zara doesn't already do? Like, are you taking um, the Zara, but you're making it like 100% sustainable um, at the same price point and being able to deliver like within a certain cadence? Like you really have to understand that piece of what is it you wanna solve. And then you can start narrowing down like how you're gonna differentiate yourself. Cause you really need to understand who the competition is to see if there's even a market for you. Um, and, and you don't wanna just copycat something that is out there. So um, I think it's, you may have a brilliant idea and, and it fits within let's say the luxury world. Well then how are you gonna differentiate yourself there? And that's how you'll start piecing together. I'm gonna to use certain fabrications or I'm going to have it made in the USA or um, I'm going to focus on kind of um, only certain, um, you know, uh, certain prints or patterns and kind of like differentiate there. It's, it's really finding how you become kind of um, new and you can have a new customer base. Thank you so much. Susan. Oops. Oh, I'm unmuted. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I can't add too much more to what Jen and Molly and you have said, but I think it's knowing what value you're bringing. Sometimes I hear um, clients 
who are talking about um, potential businesses are, are saying, you know, I think there's a huge need for, and it's like, well, why do you think there's a need for that? I mean, it's just confirming that it's not you thinking what people need and that there is an actual need out there for that. And I think, again, tapping into, you know, your resources that are on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, getting information there. Okay, good. We have two, two other questions. So Blake said, thanks so much for the great points and positive advice. You are welcome. Um, lessons can come from failures or missteps too. Any examples of things that didn't work out? Oh my God, please. <laughs> Give me a break. Or you'd have done differently when starting out and what you learned from it. So I'm going to start. I'm going to say that um, I was on this, I was actually interviewed on this podcast. I don't know. Pretty recently, it was so cool. It was about perfectionists. And that's like everybody I know is a perfectionist. And, you know, we talked about that. We talked about um, the problem of being a perfectionist sometimes. And, you know, that can get you in trouble. So um, I would say that the key is, one of the keys is that I've learned is really trusting yourself. <laughs> that That's the key because a lot of times you're so ready to get someone else's help but you have to figure out if you really need their help yet or if they are the right person so to my point on the call that i had yesterday with this company the guy said to me oh i've hired like 20 so seo people and they pretty much just ripped me off and i'm like i know and he said what do you mean i said that's how people end up always hiring me is because they just impulsively went out and saw this shiny object. So I would say, you know, my advice would be just to really think about it and get to know whether it's like Molly was talking about figuring out what direction you want to go with, with your business, validate it, um, whether you want to hire somebody, ask other people that have hired that person. So that, that would be my advice. Jen. Um, I think the biggest thing, uh, and it's what Susan said earlier, is, is understanding and knowing your value. Um, if I could go backwards in time um, and think about how much I undervalued myself probably in the first year, year and a half of my business in terms of what I was charging, in terms of clients I was willing to take on that were a huge amount of time and really no intrinsic value to my business or my experience. So, you know, your time is money and your talent is important. And, you know, I know we're all scared when we first start out and you think, gosh, if I don't take this client, you know, am I walking away from business? But, you know, it's, is it good business? You know, you have to ask yourself that question. Is it worth your time? Is it worth your money? If you, if money was no object, would this still be something you'd be interested in doing? So if it's, it's either needed, it either needs to be building your business financially um, or it needs to be building your business in a way that is adding tools to your toolkit. So you're learning something from it or you're getting a network opportunity from it. So I think it's okay to, for example, barter or discount as long as you're getting something, you know, equally valuable in return and you're willing to do that. But don't, do not, do not, do not undersell yourself or undervalue yourself. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> That's a big one in my 15 years of business. Huge. You know, it's too easy to say, yeah, I'll do this for you and you do this for me. And then you never get off that starting block and making money. 
Uh, Molly, go ahead. Mistakes. I would, yeah, I would say, you know, very similar to what um, Jen just said of the value piece and Susan said earlier is, um, I think you get intimidated going out there when someone asks you like, what is your rate? And um, you've kind of done done the math based on your, your experience and your historical salary to get to what you feel is like an inappropriate rate hourly. Um, and then, you know, someone comes back and is like, I can, you know, just offer you half as much and that's it. Um, there's, there's, they don't even want a discussion. It's just what their budget is. And you kind of having to take that moment to say like, oh, like, Am I, am I going to do it for that, even though I'm worth something something higher? Um, and I think I think that's the hardest part. In all honesty, I don't want to be repetitive, but I I do think that is a lot of being an entrepreneur and being a consultant and like trying to navigate that water. And um, just just know you have a strong background. You're the expert there. Um, they're coming to you because you are the expert, and you have something that they can't do internally. And like really remembering that and reinforcing that in your mind as you're having those negotiations um, because they haven't you know, walked in your steps and seen all of your leadership roles along the way and, and kind of like the work that you're, you're, you've done and what your reputation is. So um, figuring out ways to, to kind of reinforce your value um, through kind of recommendations or um, your, 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 your prior um, work relationships and um, is also uh, something you can, you can do, but, um, you know, don't, don't sell yourself short. It's not worth it. Definitely not worth it. Thank you, Molly. Susan. Let's see if I can unmute you. One of these. Oh, you're good. Okay. All right. So I, I'm, I'm going to reiterate the same thing because that was one of the things that I, I had a client that I took on and I had lowballed and um, he was really rude, really obnoxious. And it took me a couple of months because again, I was afraid, Oh, you know, if, you know, and he was a fully big client, but I think the lesson that I took away from that and it's, the same as both Molly and Jenna saying it's kind of you know number one I've got to have better clients than this <laughs> you know um I I'm so much more deserving of you know at least having somebody who respects what you do so he clearly didn't value what I did uh, and that took me a couple of months to catch on to that so I think you know it's identifying helping the client understand the value that you're bringing to them. How are you going to change their life? And I think once we help them understand that, that then, you know, the value of working with me is, um, and I say, you know, I'll help you recognize your relationship and understand, you know, understand and recognize your relationship with many, is that that's going to change your life. And the price is what the price is. This isn't me on sale. So if you want something cheaper, then you don't value what I do because you don't see the difference in what I do compared to somebody else. So I think, you know, that's, yeah. Thank you. And that, and that, you know, I see that in different industries, Susan. I love that you talked about that in terms of people undervaluing the efforts and work of certain professionals. So you, I think it's a service to each one of you to be able to own your value and 
really stand by it. Um, so we, it looks like we have one more question. Um, is it better to target a larger market or a smaller market? Um, I'll just go around the horn. Jen. Um, I think my personal opinion is to target a smaller market. Um, I think when you, I, I'm a big proponent on focus. Um, so focus on a very specific talent you have, a very specific need you fulfill. Um, and be the expert in that. Um, because if you are the expert in that, then the reality is they can't go out and find somebody else at a discount rate. Um, there are not a lot of people that do what you do. You're solving a need. Um, and I, you know, if you're very focused on that, uh, you're gonna find more success in that. It's scary because it feels like you're narrowing your opportunity, but in a lot of ways you're um, creating opportunity. And then once you become the resident expert in that, it's going to be word of mouth that this is the person to hire for this. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Molly, what do you think? I'm in a similar camp of um, start smaller um, and you can, you can build to larger through time. But if you, you start to target too much at once, you're not going to be able to, um, you're not going to be able to excel in all of it you'll be able to excel at like one piece of it and then the customer um, won't get um, what they've kind of asked for, or what the service is or what the product is because your focus is like everywhere. So start small, become an expert there and then you can expand your business um, either through word of mouth, like Jen said, or you can, if you're, you're product based, you would add more products or you could even add more services along the way. Um, you could open up offices or locations in different markets um, yeah. You can start gradually expanding that way, but you want to kind of like test it in a smaller market. And um, really that gives you time too to kind of adjust what your strategy is, adjust what your service or product are based on the customer's reactions to it um, ver versus going large and not hitting all those marks initially. It's going to cost you a lot more to kind of backpedal and fix that than if you were starting small and, and had those key learnings to then grow. Yeah, well, I'll just say one quick thing on that. So especially if you're a startup and you're not, you know, well-funded and you're getting to funding, you want to start with a small market because the cost to market will be much smaller. So I, I can't impress that enough on people that are like, I want to market in five different cities in 20 different countries. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> start with one and learn from it. Go ahead, Susan. You have something to say here? Um, I don't think I can add much more to that in terms of, you know, I mean, I know Jen had mentioned initially, you know, when you're starting and you're looking at your business focus, you know, that's when you should be tying in also, you know, as part of that strategy, okay, what am I providing and how many people do I want to target based on how much money you want to earn over the next three years. So, Generally, it's I if I want to earn, you know, I guess a hundred thousand in my first year. How many people do I need to touch based on? So it's kind of a tie-in, looking at not taking on too much for yourself, but also tying it into you know, kind of the budget that you've set for yourself in terms of what you want to earn. Right. So thank you. I mean, it it has to do with. All of, all of what we were talking about, right? It isn't just where you're gonna market, who's your customer, is there a demand? 
it's also looking at the, the money that you have and the money that you can spend and having a smart outlook. So um, a couple things we're going to wrap up, um, but a couple things I want to announce before I let these awesome ladies go. Uh, so first of all, anybody that did tune in today, we want to thank you. We know there's about a million and a half Zoom calls going on every second now. So if you did spend an hour with us, God bless you and we thank you. Um, so just a couple of quick announcements. Again, this is Warrior Women in Business. We have a Facebook page, a Facebook group, a LinkedIn group. And so if you have further questions, comments, you can put them into the groups and people can help you. So please do that. Um, a couple of events, again, I just wanted to announce here. So one is we've all said, hey, you know what? We're going to give our time to anybody that wants it, whether you're just starting a business, you're thinking about starting a business, you've been in business and you're really upset right now for any reason. Um, Molly, my assistant, has put a form into Facebook that you can fill out and choose a consult and we'll get back to and schedule that with you, no charge. Uh, the second thing is on Friday, again, we are having on Warrior Women in Business a dance class so please attend it's for anybody even if you just stink at dancing that's at even more reason for you to show up <laughs> and dancing uh, you know in this time of staying home moving around and connecting with other people will make you so much happier which will in turn help your business so there's some business advice please dance and then um next week um i just want to make a pre-announcement next week i am very excited we have a panel called How to Look Great on Zoom. So today we look okay, but next week we're gonna look amazing. So we have a celebrity hairstylist, a celebrity makeup artist, and then a top um, clothing stylist that I work with. And they're gonna actually be doing live demos for us. So it's gonna be super fun. Same time, same channel every week. Um, so again, I wanna thank Jen so much for coming on, sharing her wisdom and expertise. Molly the same and Susan the same. And um, we look forward to answering your questions and helping to grow your businesses. So I think we're going to be signing out. Thank you so much, everyone.